0: Welcome to Let's Talk Social Work, the podcast from the British Association of Social Workers.
1: This is space for conversation, discussion with social workers, the individuals they support
0: and colleagues working in related professions.
1: We consider the key matters affecting social workers as we explore contemporary issues
2: with a focus at the local,
1: national and global levels.
2: Welcome to Let's Talk Social Work. My name is Andy McClenaghan, and in this episode, I have the pleasure of speaking with Mitt Joyner, President of the National Association of Social Workers in the USA, and Chantelle Thomas, BASWA's anti-racism lead. We discuss the issue of structural and institutional racism in the UK and the USA. We explore its implications and examine how social workers can be agents of change by promoting anti-racist social work practice. Welcome Mitt and welcome Chantel. It's a real pleasure to have you both with me today on the podcast. How are you feeling? Mitt, how are you feeling? How are you doing?
1: I'm feeling great this morning. It's great over here in the United States. I'm in Westchester, Pennsylvania. So it's great.
2: Good, good. Thanks for joining us. Chantel. How are you feeling
0: yeah it's it's lovely here as well. I'm in Ashford in Kent, um, so not too far from London um it's yeah it's nice it's a nice day it is a bit gray um but yeah it's it's, it's really good I'm good to be here. It's good to have this conversation, so I am excited.
2: <laughs> great, great. Um, before we get into the conversation, Mitt, could you tell us a bit about your role with NASW?
1: Yes, I am the president of NASW, which is the National Association of Social Workers in the United States. We have over 55 chapters and also chapters in the ter- in all of its territories. So I represent about hundred, approximately about 120,000 social workers across the United States, Puerto Rico and Guam. Uh, I also am the IFSW, North America region president. Um, so I th- for the next two years, I preside over that. Uh, and that includes Canada. So it's the United States and Canada. And then we switch off at the end of that time and Canada will become the president and I will become the vice president. So I, I represent and I'm the representative on IFSW.
2: OK, so you're pretty busy. I
1: am very busy. <laughs> yes. very busy. I was just yes. going to say, wow! I can't, I can't yeah. top
2: that. <laughs> well, Chantelle, tell us what. Tell us what you do. You're pretty, you're pretty new with Basware. I am very um, what's, new, your, what's your role? Yeah.
0: So my, my role at the moment is um, an anti-racism lead. So I'm covering uh, Wales, Northern Ireland, and uh, Scotland. Um, I do bits of England as well, um, but yeah, that's predominantly what I do. Um, obviously, qualified social worker, um, and I've spent almost twelve, thirteen years frontline practice, child protection, youth justice, um, and a lot of. Court work um, so that's what i've done prior you know prior to coming to this role um, the other half of my role is um as an academic so i work in a university as a, as a senior social work lecturer
2: and okay, and- i will tell you a
0: bit more about that going forward. Sorry, Andy.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, no, sorry, my apologies. <laughs> your practice was most of your practice in London? Yes,
0: majority was in London. Um, and yeah, frontline, um, safeguarding. Um, I didn't really do much kind of adults, mental health type work. I really enjoyed working with the children and families um, and, and young offenders um, was kind of where, where, I, where it all started, actually. Um, so yeah, really, really um, impactful
1: work I was able to do.
2: Mm-hmm. And you said you were in Westchester, Pennsylvania. When you were practicing um, earlier in your career, where was that?
1: Actually, very much like Chantel, I started off with Chester County Children and Youth and was a protective service worker. And then I went back to school and became went back to the agency and headed up their child abuse unit uh, and was legal liaison for the agency. And then I moved over to academia And I went to Westchester University in Westchester, Pennsylvania, in the United States. All of this is on the East Coast of the United States. Uh, And I served uh, as their program chair for over 32 years. So I was in academia. And during that time, I... um, presided over the Association of Baccalaureate Social Work Program Directors. And then I also was the president of the Council on Social Work Education. So lucky for me that I actually led three major social work organizations, um, which helps me figure out the silos and how we can do business without having silos and build a longer table.
2: And that's really helpful because we're going to talk about institutions, we're going to talk about institutional and structural racism, and you're going to have a lot of Mm -hmm. insights then, um, given Mm -hmm. the length of your career and the the breadth of your experience. So today we are discussing the issue of anti-racism and the social work role in addressing injustice and inequality across society. And I want to frame our discussion um, by talking about the context in the UK and the USA. Mitt, we're recording this episode. It's the 21st of May. It's a month since Derek Chauvin was found guilty of the murder of George Floyd in Minneapolis um, in May 2020. What's been the reaction to the verdict in the trial?
1: Well, you know, in the United States, (laughs) every day brings new new dilemmas for us. Uh, People celebrated, actually, the fact that... um, you know, Derek Chauvin was found guilty. I think people actually bottled up their feelings, and 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 everyone kind of thought, let's just say that it's going to be a guilty verdict, you know. And we were preparing for that because um, very rarely does that happen when a police officer is is convicted. So when it happened, it was kind of anticlimactic, like it, it it's what it should have been. But did it need to take all of that? To get a guilty verdict, because we have had people who have died since then. We're getting ready to, in four days, celebrate the one-year death of George Floyd. Um, we have a bill that we're trying to get passed, uh, the George Floyd Policing Bill. It's it's not moving. Um, so you know, for African Americans and brown and black people, it's like, okay, this was one thing that happened. Um, but the clamp down, you know, anytime you take, I always say changes like a duck walk three steps forward. Well, the two steps back is now all the state legislators and our federal leaders, legislators are clamping down as if racism never existed. Right. You know, so we're seeing changes in policies, voter suppression, um, and it's going to be a long, hot summer.
2: I have heard it said that the guilty verdict in the, in the murder trial it didn't represent justice um, in that you know George Floyd's murder was emblematic of you know deeply ingrained structural racism in law enforcement and um, across other institutions of the U.S. state apparatus. Is that correct? Is that why it was seen as the guilty verdict and itself wasn't seen as justice?
1: Well, well, it, it you know anytime anyone is found guilty, they have the right to appeal. So I think what what America is sitting and waiting for is that whole appellate process. So you know, there is an appeal. You know, he's he's appealing the verdict. There were some people who were jurors that came out and spoke after that. So now people are trying to say that they were biased. So will there be a retrial, right? Um, is this gonna be something that stays in the US for years and years, or will this man be convicted and served? So there's still the question that although the first step occurred, There still has to be an appeal process and then another appeal process. And will we really see Derek Chauvin go to jail for what he did? Um, And and so I think that that's that's what we have to be braced for. That's why I say it's a long, hot um, summer, because if there's any reversal... Then 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 there's going to be a backlash on that, um, you know, and then also, you know, there's going to be another person that is murdered already has been. So what's the backlash of that? Is it going to be any kind of consistent thing? You know what? what I was talking with someone the other day, the most powerful weapon we have that I don't even think Steve Jobs realized what is the iPhone. You know, the iPhone was made so that people could take their own personal stories and I could show them to Chantel, look at my grandkids. But it has now become the one one equal of justice because now we're Mm -hmm. able to put on that phone and we're able to uh, record and you cannot you cannot refute Mm -hmm. what you can see Uh, without iPhone, iPhone footage. I don't think you would have seen what's happening. So, you know, even though the iPhone The one unintentional consequence of what that was, it records justice. Now, how can we make that intentional? I think that that's the the thing that we have to start thinking about.
2: It's interesting saying that about recording. I I saw when I was looking at some images from Black Lives Matter protests, I saw one banner saying, you know, racism isn't getting worse, it's getting filmed. And Uh I I remember when I first read about George Floyd's murder, I remember thinking how terrible it was. But I also remember I made a decision at the time not to immediately watch the footage. And I I don't, I'm not entirely sure, I was reflecting back, I'm not entirely sure where that was. But what I do know is that when I did watch the footage, it was about a week later, I was really deeply affected. You know, and I didn't understand, obviously, fully, but I did have a better understanding of just the extent of the horror of what had happened. You know, it was really clear to me that Mr. Floyd had Mm -hmm. been murdered. Do you remember at the Mm -hmm. time there was quite a lot of media commentary people arguing that, you know, we should reserve judgment until due process had been followed. Mm. But when I watched that footage, you know, I felt it was very clear that what had happened was that George Floyd's yeah. death was not an accident.
0: And that's exactly right. You know, it was that footage that I think spurred me into getting up out of my seat, you know, making sure that my voice is now heard. Um, it was watching that footage. And, you know, I think, I think like, like, like a lot of people, some people didn't want to watch it and they thought I was crazy to, to watch that. How can you watch it? How can you? I had to. I couldn't not watch it. Um, and I watched it several times because I remember looking and watching, um, 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 you know, Derek Chauvin and looking in his eyes and he had no emotion whatsoever. He just happily, you know, had his knee there, looked around like, you guys do what you want. You know, I have the power. I am fearless. I, and that's, that's right. the, the kind of, you know, the aura that he, he portrayed doing that. He had no, you know, to him, George right. was not human. You know, he wasn't human.
1: The way how he treated him was, was, yeah, yeah, it it was awful. Um, And put it in and put it in content section. Tell it was for an alleged twenty dollar bill. You know, I mean, we have to always, we always have to put it in context. This yeah. man died for an $20. alleged $20. Now, no, that hasn't been proven yet, you know, because Definitely. no one ever, no one ever collected that bill. It was never proven to be a fraudulent bill. Uh, so, but it was for $20.
2: Whether or not it was fraudulent is mm. entirely entirely irrelevant. Right. I, I made an episode early in the year with Mel Wilson from NASW. It I was what I said. If I had been giving a forged £20 note to a shopkeeper mm-hmm. um, and the, the police were calling me, I wouldn't end up dead at the end of it. I'm wow. a white man. You know, it's, it's, it, it was horrific. And it's resonated so strongly around the world. I mean, Chantel, right. it's had massive implications as well in the UK as well as in the States.
0: It has. No, no, it, it really, really has. And I think... Um, yeah, as I said, that's that's what spurred me into into be more active within within the university, even applying for for this role and just not sitting down, you know, in, in my seat anymore. It resonates with so much of what we see, you right. know. Um, we have, you know, police are killing um, our, our young black men, mm-hmm. you know, um, um, in, in disproportionate numbers. You know, the disparities that we see, you know, uh, across across society is echoed. You know, it's, it's a set, you know, we often hear, oh, it's not so bad in in the UK. The US has a different issue that you know. The only issue with the only difference between the US and the UK, I'd say is the US is a bit more overt, mm-hmm. you know, in, in the UK, it's, 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 it's happening. Uh, but it's, it's people are a lot smarter with how um, 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 systems and um, policies, you know, um, um, discriminate against against individuals and how, orga- you know, organisation and society does that as well. Um, And there's a militarized
2: police force as well in the states. Yeah, yeah, Yeah.
1: and I and I think ours became so blatant and overt over the last four years, um, where it's okay, it's okay to show your racism. You know, before it was very covert, where you just went ahead Mm -hmm. and you you didn't. But now, now the power, and that that's 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 why the United States is is teetering its democracy because the the power is not in the truth. It is in who has the power and it's becoming very, very Mm -hmm. evident each every day that you can have two parallels of the same story. And there's two different outcomes determined on who they are. And people are starting to accept that. Right. You know, they they, you know, they're they're starting to accept because people it's very evident. I know we're going to talk about COVID, but it's very evident even about that. You know, I can take off my mask. Because I'm okay. I'm, I'm protected. I don't care about you. Right. Even though. And, and so that is we're, we're really a member object society. Remember, Chantel, I told you about that theory that I follow. You, um, you, you know, we, we're, people are conditioned. If it doesn't affect me, I don't care. Um, and even going back to that bill, I tried to explain to some of my, some of my neighbors and some of my colleagues who say, "Well, you know, he shouldn't have done that. You know, it's counterfeit." And I'm like, "Okay, imagine going to a store and somebody gives you five twenties, and you get five twenties, and then you go to another store and you pass a twenty, uh, mm-hmm. and it's counterfeit, right? You don't know that you have a counterfeit bill. There, there's no, there was never any intent." Um, and there was no counterfeit bill. And people started... But, saying, even,
0: if you, but even if it right, was counterfeit, right. so what? It still didn't deserve to die like that. Right. So even that. It,
1: right. right. But, you, you know, know. But there are Americans who firmly believe, you know, um, you know, and this is where racism comes in, you know, that, you know, they, because it doesn't affect them. And the only reason why I think George Floyd resonated with people across the globe was because everybody was shuttered at home. And everybody was shuttered at that's, home that's and they looked looking at it. If we were really busy like we are right now, mm-hmm. you know, people would be, be moving on. This would not have been the issue. Yeah. But when white America happened to see that in the United States, they started saying, oh you know, you, you, you the visuals are there, the recording is there, mm-hmm. the, um, you know, the whole series of that he was already outside the car handcuffed, and that was enough, you know, and then what happened, you know, and, and so the face of Chauvin... The face that he had the day that he killed George Floyd was the face that he showed throughout the hearing. When he got sentenced, right? When he got sentenced, even throughout the hearing, you you notice the only thing he was scribbling on his pad. You can't write that fast, so you know that he was scribbling on his pad so that he didn't give eye contact. And to Mm. me, and to the juries, I think they're like that is odd.
0: He has no remorse. He has no remorse for what he's done. You know, Um, and I think that's even that's the shocking part. Um, he doesn't. He didn't ever think he was going to be found guilty, um, and I was surprised. And I think back to what Andy said a, a, a earlier about you know um, it, it being justice and people not thinking it's justice. You know, it's not justice because if it was justice. Jordan wouldn't have died in the first place. Um, I think the same day as the the yeah. um, the, the, the sentencing. Another another young woman was killed, you know, shot and killed by police on the same day. You know, how many have happened right. since? How right. many have happened before? You know, we've got the Breonna Taylors, we've got the Ahmaud Aubrey, right. You know, these 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 uh, uh, perpetrators have not been brought to justice and will not be. Um, so it, it, right. it won't be true justice.
1: And yet we've we've had we've had people who have killed uh, through mass murders, white. Individuals, yes, and they were the one in South
0: Carolina, North Carolina, Carolina, you know, and he he massacred people in the church, and I think he was taken to McDonald's on the way to the police station or something, you know. I've seen that exactly.
1: And yet, we have African Americans in the United States mm. who don't even have a weapon that have died. Um, so we know we have a racist we have a racist system, right?
2: Um, I mean, the, the figures the figures yeah. speak for themselves. I've, the rates of um, fatal police shootings of unarmed Black people in the US it's three times as high as, as of um, unarmed white people. That's a finding from the Journal of Epidemiology and Community Health. And it's interesting, you know, epidemiology about public health, community health. The authors of that research have stated that the extent, the level of killings amongst black men means that uh, it's Mm -hmm. a public health emergency. That's the way they classify it. A public health emergency like COVID is a public health emergency. Interestingly as well in that article, they found that only 16 states out of 50 require de-escalation training. You know, so you've got this heavily armed militarised police force and often the response is Mm -hmm. to shoot first and ask questions later. That's got to be addressed.
1: Right. Well, Andy, you know what I, what I want to say in all fairness to the police system, we have that in every system in America. Uh, you know, it disparities to me means racism. We have that in our healthcare system. We have that in our educational system. We have that in our, uh, economic system. You can take every system in the United States that we I'm have.
0: the UK. And
1: you, and, 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 and uh, uh, you know, I'll let you, uh, I'll let you speak for the UK because I don't want to, uh, but, but, so what I always say in in my profession is let's take this onion and really peel it back because it it deals with the human stain and the human stain of of our world is race. You know, um, that we don't talk about it. We don't look at how we came to be, where we have power and every institution that we have. You know, if you go here in the U.S. and you try to get a, a home loan it is based also on right. your race, right? You know, if you try to go to school, it is based on your race. So, so when we look at that, it's everywhere.
2: Mm. Yes. I can tell you that home ownership rate amongst white Americans is 71% and it's 41% among black Americans.
0: Mm. I, I, I was reading about redlining. Is it redlining? You know, or something like that. Yes. You know, that, that, that talks about, you know, banks that wouldn't lend to people who lived on a certain certain mm-hmm. district or certain part um, of the country. You know, my understanding as well is that the police force in America is, is based off of the old slave catchers. You know, so that's yes. the mentality. That's the thinking. You know, so if you have a police force where with that, with, that's the mentality, um, they, they don't see black people as human. They've still, it's still yeah. got that institutional um, bit about it that, that says, you know, these people are slaves. This is all they are, They're property. They shouldn't be, you know, allowed to do, you know, what, 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 right. the reg- what regular society does, you know, and you can see that you see it following, you know, following through. Um, it's, it's, heartbreaking. It's, 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 it is. it's heartbreaking. It is. It is
2: heartbreaking
1: because you go back to six, the sixteen nineteen report that was done, people want to deny that. Recently, the one of the authors of that was denied tenure. I mean, it's it, it's it's don't put it in the history books as if as if we don't know that slavery did not happen, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, they want us to to evaporate it from our mind and build on this model that we are here and we are deserving to an uh, upper group of people who came over from your country, you right? You know, the settlers came mm-hmm. here, but I always remind people they weren't from the upper class. Why do Why you they think were they were leaving? leaving, right? And, you know, so we have to, we have to be honest about our history mm-hmm. and tell our story or history gets repeated over That's and over right. again. And I think you you know um that 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 is that's what brings that institutional racism you know And institutional racism is stuff that's so embedded that you do it over and over and over again and you do it without i was gonna danger, say it becomes right?
0: automatic doesn't it it then becomes, it becomes autolpid, all, it, you know exactly yeah.
1: right right you know so when you bring someone in and you know you have jane goodall who's the brown-eyed child and the blue-eyed child you know oh white children are automatically more intelligent mm-hmm. than brown and black children and so you begin to teach to that particular child and and to leave the other child out Um, and so um, you know that that is why this conversation is so critical You know, that, and why social work plays such a role, because we have to serve as leaders and be advocates and be the voice of mm-hmm. those who are vulnerable, That's right? right? They, and it's not like their voice, it's not like they don't have a voice. I hate to say the voice of the voiceless. But they're not heard. It's the it's voice, not, they're, not heard. they're never they're heard. heard. Their voice is never heard, right? Heard. And and that means even even myself, as the president of NASW, as an African-American woman, my voice may not get heard, mm-hmm because people see me as a black woman before anything else, exactly before anything else. Right. No matter how much education you have, how much knowledge you have, um, you know, how much you've been there, how much trauma you suffered, you know, we know what's best Mm -hmm. for you, you
2: know,
1: and, and that, 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 that's going to keep us, you know, you know, I, I don't know. You know, I don't know about our democracy. Like, I, I keep saying, and I, I, I argue, and, I, and mm. I say our democracy. I don't we can't think stop, though,
0: And that's the thing. We, you, we can't right. give up. We have to continue. Because you're right, it does get disheartening some days. And you do think, what, why, You know, we're, st- we're still having this conversation. But then you have to wake up, you know, and then we have to get up. You know, roll your sleeves up again and think, right, take on a new day. Right. And talking about education as well. There was a program on yesterday in the UK on the BBC. And it talks about um, educational subnormal children. Now that's the classification they used to give black children in the UK up until 1981. I didn't realise it was so it was so recent, um, and mm-hmm. it was particularly um, black children that you know either migrated from from the Caribbean or you know were, were second generation parents. Uh, uh, the parents, were, you know, they were second generation uh, children. Um, And yeah, so um, the education system in in Britain would want to obviously keep them down and, and, you know, whatever trauma they had suffered, they would label that as educationally subnormal, put them into special Mm -hmm. schools and again, not teach them. That again was was a justification of not teaching them. There was no aspirations for these children. There was nowhere Mm -hmm. for them to go, really. Um, And it was really, again, heartbreaking watching and hearing some of the stories because some of these people are not that old, you know, and I'm looking at Mm -hmm. them thinking, wow, 1981. And there was a, a report that mentioned about how you know how racist this this this, this procedure was, but they, yet yeah, they, they, they they kept doing it. You know they knew it was racist. Right. That again, it was tried to be it was tried to, it was hidden, and um, 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 you know it wasn't it wasn't out in the forefront like, like it should have been. Um, but yeah, it just stems, it, you can, and you, then you can see uh, that thinking because you get the thinking in higher education, and I'm jumping from one bit to another. Mm-hmm. But you get the thinking, that, you know, in in higher education, um, that you know that black students—we um, have got the attainment gap, we call it here, or the awarding gap—but mm-hmm. um, black students are less deserving or or, or or less intelligent than white students. Hence, that's that's the reason for for this for this big gap, you know. Mm-hmm. And you have lecturers that that really believe that and perpetrate that and will, you know,
1: treat students accordingly. That needs to stop. And be careful with COVID because as kids go back to school. There's going to be a rush to judgment to label kids. Right. You know, not everyone had access to the broadband. Not everyone had access to the computer. Not everyone really was able to sit at the computer at that time. Right. Mm -hmm. So when we go back, those there's going to be a gap in learning. And there's going to be people that are going to try to put labels. And I say that's why social workers have to be in the school. Mm -hmm. You cannot allow us to label anybody after COVID, Mm -hmm. right? You know, because everyone has experienced their own trauma. You don't know what was going on in those households. You don't know how many people had died, whether your grandmother had died, whether your cousin had died, what you've heard on the news, sitting there doing your schoolwork without processing what was going on. And now you're going to label them as attention deficit Mm -hmm. disorder, right? You cannot allow that to happen.
0: And I think that's already started that's
1: already started. Yeah, it started. Yeah, so we we you know my. I was a proponent of year round school. I really think that I don't understand why we're you know here in the U.S. We're getting ready to get back to what people say is normal, but is abnormal, mm-hmm. and then we're going to let the kids out. In for the summer, months. knowing that this edu- yeah, <laughs> there's an educational gap, mm-hmm. right? Um, knowing that, that the workforce, you, c- you can't go back to work until you know who's going to take care That's of your right. kids and the people in the daycares are no longer there, mm-hmm. right? So it's going to take time for that, that whole infrastructure to get rebuilt. So why not keep the kids in school? And deal with the gap that we just had for the last that's year too, that's, right? that's too you sensible,
0: know? mate. Do, do you see what I mean? That's that's too sensible. You know, it's I just don't sensible. understand why half a decision. You know, um, what we right. know is as well is is the, the amount of children, the increased number that's been referred to mental health services in the UK. We call it CAMS, Children and Adolescent mm-hmm. Mental Health Services. But the numbers, you know, uh, suicidal, you know, children that are self-harming, you know, domestic mm-hmm. violence. Also, okay, the adults, you know, but the children right. are going to be within the home. We know the issues are, are skyrocketing. I'm getting calls from agencies mm-hmm. nearly every day. Chantel, Chantel, you know, you know, we have vacancies here. No, it's, it's, yeah, there's there's a lot of work for social workers now.
2: Chantel, if we bring it back to the UK, big picture, high level. I mean, in the States, there's a new government, new administration, positive, positive opportunity to move forward after four years of the Trump administration. Coming back to the UK... At a national level, we're not necessarily in such a positive place. I was going place. to say, we're not in a positive yeah, place. <laughs> we're not. And, and the, big issue, the big issue that I want to talk about is the government's Commission on Race and Ethnic Disparities and the, the recently published Sewell Report.
0: Yep, yep. So that was published, I think it was the end of March. Um, yeah, 31st of March. Again, it was delayed. Um, and this commission was set up um, after the George Floyd, you know, after the murder and after the protest and, you know, the Black Lives Matters movement. And when, you know, I think the government realised, hold on a minute, something's going on here. We need to try to understand this a bit more. Um, so... I think initially, when the when the commission um, was uh, uh, um, put forward, you know, everyone was kind of not excited, but hopeful that this would provide it was an opportunity, some answers. Wasn't it? exactly. Yeah. This was an opportunity to provide some answers, to collect some data, you know, to really get to the bottom of what is going on and what the government could do, should do, needs to do in order to you know to, to, to kind of make the changes necessary.
2: And what did the government do? It
0: was a, it was a whitewash, really, wasn't it? Um, I think what they did, they impl- no, no
2: no pun intended. No pun intended. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: wait elephant wait
0: <laughs> But yeah so I think what what um Boris Johnson did was he commissioned a, a, you know a lot of um, yes there were black and brown people of, of skin color but they all kind of thought and, uh, and 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 you know thought and, and think like he does you know he I, I think two of the main chairs um disputed there being any racism didn't they but yeah it was uh, Tony, the- Tony
2: Sewell Dr Sewell he he has in the past cast out I think on the existence of institutional racism I'm sure
0: he's Boris's friend real friend that goes around and have dinners together well, well
2: you know. yeah the other the other key figure I think in terms of actually putting that together was uh, was the head of the number 10 policy unit a woman called Manira Mirza right Manira Johnson has has, has put in his top 5 most influential women on his life um, along with Boudicca and I think Kate Bush and I can't remember who the others are okay. but um, in relation to that I mean she's a woman uh, who has also calculated um, Cast out on whether or not structural institutional racism actually exists.
0: Yeah, she's pretty. Her views are pretty similar to Pretty Patel's as well. You know, they they they're from the same kind of camp. I, I'd say. You know, in relation to their views around, you know, if you work hard, you can do. You know, anyone can achieve and everything else. They have no clue what it's like to live to live in in the real world. But also, a lot of people that that were, that were mentioned in the reports, you know, to that that had that had um, provided information. Um, disputed their contribution you know they said that's it right. wasn't like that that's not that's what i right. was asked that's not what i was that's called right. for a lot of the research they used you know they I just mentioned they didn't use any primary research it was all secondary research and all the secondary <laughs> research they, they used um, concluded institutional racism so it's really surprising how this report was able to not conclude that you know, it it was really it, it it shocked me and and how and and for me it just felt like a way for them to say yes 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 we've tackled this issue it's not a um, societal or structural one it's more of a personal individual so they're putting the blame back on the on the individual as opposed to society where it should be placed um, and I think that's the, that's the, that's the point for me it, it's absorb absorbing the government of any. The responsibility for change any accountability um, and just putting it back on well if you work hard if you if you're, if you you have more money if you live in a better you know it, it brings it back down again to that racism apology yes yes
2: I was a, a sort of a similar summary I'd read somebody would, had suggested that the report argues that racism is much less of a factor than socio-economic deprivation in terms of life opportunities but the report fails to understand that structural racism it plays. is a
0: part of that
2: <laughs> yes yes
0: yeah, yeah, we had we had to we had to put a statement out on, on behalf of Bazra as well, for, you know, about this report because we were having, the, you know, the, you could imagine that the, the temperature in the room was really high when this came out. Um, it 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 was. Yeah, it was it was again heartbreaking. I keep using this word, but I can't think of a better word to, to describe it.
2: Yes, well, Running Me Trust said it was frankly disturbing. That was their language yeah. that the government suggested that the evidence in the report confirmed that institutional racism doesn't exist. Yes,
0: I just don't understand how how they how they, how they could have got
2: to that. If you if you look at government figures, Chantel, I mean, I love a statistic because statistics can really help um, paint the picture. So, government statistics, official statistics, we're looking at COVID here. Mm-hmm. We talked about COVID in the states. If you were a black man, you were 3.3 times more likely to die from COVID than if you were a white man. If you were a black woman, you were 2.4 times more likely to die than if you were a white woman. That's just, you know, that speaks for itself. Policing and crime, we talked about the states. Right, okay. In 2019-20, these are stats for England and Wales. There were six stop and searches for every 1,000 white people. Can you guess how many stop and searches there were for every 1,000 black people? There were six for every 1,000 white people. 100. Not quite. There was 54
0: Okay, but a huge oh, 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 disparity <laughs> huge
2: I mean I was shocked at the six, 54, 54. Six. so yeah 6 to the 54 yeah absolutely crazy mm, black yeah. people that same year sorry 2018-19 were three times more likely to be arrested than white people mm. you know well, we can
0: go on to sentencing you know uh, yeah, a, a yeah. tougher sentencing mm-hmm. you know yeah.
2: prison population
0: We can it, it can be extended you know even with the health you know a black woman is far, five times more likely to die during right. t- childbirth childbirth than, than their white counterpart that's the one that always mm-hmm. just it just sits
2: yeah what really sir for me in terms of the U.S. stats, we didn't talk about this when we we're, when were chatting about the U.S. situation, is infant mortality. So um, out of every 1,000 births um, uh, 4.7 uh, babies will die, um, from, you know, white babies will die, whereas 11 out of 1,000 uh, black what? babies will die. That What's the is UK? mad. What's the UK? Uh, I don't Move have them. the comparative okay. for the U.K. unfortunately. Wow. But, but you know, that's that's huge. And you know, when you're talking about babies you know you, you couldn't be more vulnerable um mm. and that systems are set up in a way that allows that to happen is scandalous that's what
0: i mean so that's from the cradle right. to the grave you know
2: it's, right. and it, it right. yeah because it does it affects it affects life expectancy yeah it, of course it does, it does. Right. come
1: on of course it does of course it does and 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 so and so we don't want to recognize that institutional racism exists. So that's like me losing weight, losing weight, losing weight, getting scared, coughing up blood and saying I don't have cancer, right? I mean, nobody really kind of wants to deal with the real issue. Now just imagine, just reverse that format if we did, if we did say, okay, institutional racism exists and let's get about changing it. Do you know how how every country could rise itself up? I mean, so what is the fear? Of being able to pick this scab, dissect it and correct it so that all people, I mean, including yourself, including the most privileged people in the world, if we didn't have to fight and spend so much money on racism. How Do you know how much, geography. how we could use our mm-hmm. minds? Yeah. I mean, I always say it's like pouring water in a tub. If you pour water in the tub, we all rise, not just mm. half the tub rises. So um, we we spend more money, more mistrust, uh, more uh, propping up privileged people. Privileged people actually needed the frontline workers who were basically brown and black people That's to exist. Right. Right? I mean, they, they needed them to exist, right? You, you needed to go to the store, you needed to have food, you need. And when that was cut off, everybody mm-hmm. started getting, oh mm-hmm. my God, what are we going to do? So if we began to say, how does every group contribute to our society and work on that? By well, saying we have these, these, you know, difficult. we know about mm. redlining, right? We know that we didn't that our that our higher education, that higher education was for white yeah. privileged people, and we still carry that out mm-hmm. today. We still carry it out through our scholarships and our money, and 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 saying to people, you can come in, and our legacy programs. And then all of a sudden, when we have a group of athletes who break into that system to say, you know, I'm making a lot of money now, so I'm going to build a school. We smack them on the fingers mm. for doing stuff like that, right? Because you can't use your power and your privilege because you're brown oh. and black. Really interesting. So it, so it has nothing to even mm. do with economics because there are a lot of wealthy African-Americans and, mm. and Latinos, and there are a lot of uh, brown and black people who are wealthy, but their fingers get smacked every time they try to uplift that system.
2: So what's the fear, Matt? Is it a fear of loss of power and privilege?
1: Yeah, I was going to ask, what is the fear? The, the fear that it will not enhance my object, okay. right? You know, you know I, I, I firmly believe, you know, if you go back and you read Steve Bannon's paper, he firmly believes that America belongs to white men who came to this country and um, got the land, developed the land. And so therefore, the only people that should have the right to vote in America are people who own land and obviously who are white, to have that power. And they're afraid of losing that, right? And that that's what it's all about. But America wouldn't be America without 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 the work of my ancestors. Did do, do you see what I
0: mean? Who worked for free? Every they worked for free. Right? Every group. I mean involved. the indigenous you know? there
1: are people here. That, you know Christopher Columbus did not find yeah. America, right? Turtle Island was already here with, with we lots know. and lots of indigenous <laughs> people. And then he came and mm. he then, you know, decided that they would use the Anglican Church as if you don't believe in our God, then you are a heathen, or you're not a person. Chinese people came here to build the so railroad, but we developed the Chinese mm. Exclusion Act, right? So that they could come here and they could work, mm. but they could not become part of an American. African Americans were slaves. They they were treated. Cows and horses were treated better than than people, you know. But but remember the one thing that could keep that going on. Just always remember the system of racism. It was always. People were denied education, African-Americans, Native Americans, Latino Americans, Asian that's and Pacific right. Americans. And so I always say that um, our Asian American population who always says that education should, is more valued than anything, because we can't take away your mind, what's in your mind, your thought and your process. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's what's scary right now is to know that people of color, even though all of these barriers, they have kicked tail. And all a lot of these challenges, right? Oh my God, so now they're gonna do what we did to them, right? So so the retribution, right? To them. And, and and um that that has never ever been in the thought process, but it is this fear, you know, I, I look at right now in Pennsylvania and we just had an election and they, they they snuck in three amendments. that strips the power and gives it to, you know, the political party that's in power. And I started saying, what is the fear? And, and it's, it's not really the poor. And it may not even be the very wealthy. It is the middle class who all of a sudden now have their home, right? They have their home and they have their car and they're living the American values. And in sets greed. Now I want two homes and I want three homes. And I want my kids' kids to have my money. And I want my kids' 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 kids kids to have my money. And when they begin to see brown and black people in that same competitive fears, Okay, I gotta get them out because there's not gonna be enough don't, dollar, don't like dollars that. to share. Mm.
0: Yeah, and that's a good point about the fear. Right. I think that's that's really important. You know, what is the fear? That's a question I, I've always asked. What, why? You know, uh, um, having a having a, having an anti racist society benefits mm-hmm. everybody, as you said. So why right. would you not? But I think it is that fear that you know we're gonna take over or we're gonna you know, as I say, we you know, black people are going to treat right um, people how, how you treated us. You know, that's not our nature. it's not what we do. This is this is to raise everybody. You know, this right. isn't. About you know us and them and everything else you know it it it, it anti racism benefits society as a whole right simple right. as that full stop I I I just I it, yeah it beggars biggest belief as to why we keep just 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 like
1: you said with uh, Barr Johnson really bringing in people that think like him. We, it, when you're in an anti-racist organization, you have to be sure that people understand that definition and it's carried out from the top down. Because I was on a call yesterday and, and um, it was a call of a lot of different bankers and they were saying, you know, we can't get people in the workforce to come back to work. And one woman said, well, that's because the federal government's giving everybody money and it's easier to stay home. And I said, where are your facts? Mm. And, you know, and they were just like, well, and I said, that is not true. Why would you quote something that you just heard off of Fox News? Why would you do that? But, but what, what bothered me was there was a Latino who was on the call and they said, oh, no, no, I know for sure that people are staying home because, um, you know, they're getting more money to stay at home. I said, have you thought about who has to come back? It's the woman who's the teller at the bank. She has kids that are at home. How is she going to go back Mm. to work when that infrastructure hasn't been built back up? Mm. And then how long will she be there? One month, two months, three months? We have no data. And why do we repeat things that are not facts? That's why I like you, Andy, with all your stats. (laughs) Because if you don't have those stats, if you don't, you know, people just make decisions off of Wikipedia or all the the Fox news. But but we're starting to put people in systems who may be brown or black, but may not be loyal to the anti-racist definition no, right? Not skin
0: people. folk are kin folk it's you know, right and, and what, we have to understand we that yep, we have yep, to yep, under,
1: yep. we have to understand that because it's going to mess things mm-hmm. up if we don't bring a different table you know i mean i always say black lives matter bring some people from the organization sit them at the table mm-hmm. ask the why you know and again and if you really want to get behind and have great reports you know have these great debates they may not always be friendly but they'll be great debates mm-hmm. where you'll have better policies but don't bring people i mean you you know, we have a senator from South Carolina who just said the same thing. You know, th- this yes is not people. a racist. Yes, yes, Yeah, yes, this yes. is not well, a racist yes, country. country. Mm. You're from South Carolina. You grew up in it. Come on now. You know, you know, let, let's be honest.
2: Is that person a Democrat or a Republican? He's a
1: Republican.
2: Okay, okay. okay. And that's that was part of the issue with the government's, the, the Sewell report, you know, it was cited that there was a number of senior cabinet ministers that are from black or ethnic minority backgrounds as if that made it okay mm-hmm. for this report. Yeah. yeah, that's
0: what I mean. So the two top people were, were, were black, well, were black and brown, you know. Um, but yeah, the, and, as, and as you said, you know, they just because they have the same color skin, it doesn't mean they think, you know, they no. think like us or they do, you know, it, you have to have people with the same ideology in order to fight for the, you know, for the, for the, for the, for the same cause. Um, people have their own agendas and, you know, if, if, if it doesn't affect them, they're, they're, they're really not interested.
2: Chantelle, other huge issues um, recently, Grandfell Tower tragedy? Windrush scandal. Those are massive issues in terms of shaping uh, dis- discussion around racism in the UK as well. Could you tell us a little bit about about those two issues? Yeah.
0: Um, so wind, well, the Windrush, uh, uh, the scandal obviously is, is dating back for when, you know, uh, uh, um, we had people from Jamaica were usually, you know, the Caribbean um, coming over. They were called over in order to help support after the, after the war, the Second World War um and you know were promised to come to the UK for for a better life really and um, my grandparents actually came you know in that generation um so it's, it's it's something that's really close to my heart um however when they came you know the response and the reception that they received was far from you know the call you know they they, they saw England as the motherland my granddad's really well, you know rest rest in peace he's passed away a few years ago now but he so he really looked up to England as the motherland. It was the promised land it was It was where he could come to help rebuild, build a better life for his family um, and and he he had that ideology but um as I said, you know when, when they came um he said you know in, in the Caribbean, people say good morning to you, you know very friendly and warm." That wasn't received, you know It, it wasn't, so obviously uh, uh, Fast forward, you know um, 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 40, 50 years later um, And we have like children and Grandchildren of the descendants of the Windrush generation Who have been denied their, their rights in the UK Has been denied, you know, their sta- their status Their immigration status People had lost jobs, you know, were not entitled to Benefits, were not entitled to, to health um, Education, you know, um, people Destitute, there's been so much uh, uh, um, 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 Information around the hostile environment and how, the, you know, the policies were able to to, to kind of impact um, so many, so many. And, and that
2: feeds so much into racist attitudes um, as well, it, you know. It, and, and it, it, it's
0: based on, you know, the, the racist attitude, yeah.
2: Yes, well, yeah, but i emboldening the far right to become, you know, much more part of the mainstream.
0: That's right, that's right. And obviously with the Grenfell Tower, um, you know... The, yeah, <laughs> I used to work in Grenfell Tower as a social worker. Actually, that Did used to you? be that used to be the hub. Yeah, oh. it used to used to be the hub for um Lab- Growth North.
2: Do you want to tell just because there will be listeners listening in the states and, and maybe Mitt's not sure what Grenfell Tower refers to? Could you explain?
0: Yes, please. I will do. Yes. Yeah. So Grenfell Tower was a um, it was a there was a block of flats in West London. So it's it's a quite a, a leafy urban mm. you know um, part of, of the country. Yes, it has pockets of deprivation, but it's a quite a rich borough. Now this this block this area um, was predominantly inhabited by you know usually immigrants or people that you know didn't have a, a, a right to remain in the country um and um there was a fire i think it was on the second floor it started um and there was some material that the building is 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 made from or covered with um that was really was highly inflamm was highly flammable um and ended up you know um um, igniting um, and the whole block went went up in flames um now what was what was more concerning about that is we kind of watched them watch the watch that burn on tv um, and also, um, um, uh, many of the, 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 the people that died, you know, were black and brown. Yes. You know? 70, seventy-two
2: um, people died in total.
0: That's what they say. That's the number. That's oh, another. Sorry, thing. yes, 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 <laughs> yes. That's another thing. There yes. were
2: probably a lot of undocumented people in, in those properties. How quickly did the media narrative change to being, were those people supposed to be there? You know, were these people even supposed to be in the country? They're dead, but were they even supposed to be here? It's so negative. It just comes back to that, the,
0: And you're right. That was really that, that was. Pretty quickly You know yes. And, and it was to, they were trying They really tried hard To keep the numbers down Yes You know they they wanted Was, to was, was George
2: Floyd's um, uh, $20 note Was it counterfeit That's not the point Were the people <laughs> Supposed to be in the country Is not the point yeah. That's yeah. not the point It was
0: You know They shouldn't have been here Why were they here Why was there six people In that flat When it was only Meant to be for two You know Why were they climb? You know And yeah Put it back on the victims You know As if, as if yes. it was uh, As if it was their problem mm-hmm. um, But yeah But I think That, that was really important And that just provided The context of, of of kind of the thinking, the ideology, you know, the government, how and, and, and I think even following on from, from Grenfell, um, even to rehouse some of the people that did survive, you know, even that's been a struggle. There are still some people who haven't been rehoused. Grenfell was about four years ago now, you know, um, and uh, it, it still feels like yesterday. I can I can still remember watching that on TV I think I've got some sort of obsession with things like this but yeah I do like to watch and see because I think for me it it, it then is this really what's happening how how how, yeah some days I wake up and I do think I wonder if I was living in a dream for the last few weeks you wake up and you remember that no these things really do happen and it's 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 it's, yeah it's I, I don't know it's it's difficult.
2: Can we talk a bit more about education? Because we've touched on education already, and you know, Met Chantelle, you both work in academic roles as well as in your social work roles. What's your experience in terms of the impacts of institutional racism on educational attainment?
0: I can talk about it from a social work perspective. I can go back to the, the you know to the younger children as well, but particularly you know particularly in terms of social work. Looking at working with the students in in especially level level four, so that's our first year students. You know we see a lot of social work students um, um going through academic misconduct uh, uh, uh pro um, um, and processes. Um, so that's when you know something something has gone wrong with you know with their referencing or what have you. Um, also within their their training, their placements. Um. We have a lot of black students who who are failing in in relation to uh, their practice placements and, and everything else. So basically, what I'm getting at is, you know, we have what we call an attainment gap. So we have black and brown people coming into university um, at the same level as white students. You know, so they have the same qualifications, whether it's GCSEs, A levels, um, 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 MBQs. They're coming at the same level. Um, their aspirations are exactly the same as their white counterparts. However, when they leave, um, the white students are getting the, are getting the good degrees. When we say good degrees, we're Talking about first and and and, and two ones.
2: Um, There's a big gap. There's a big gap. It's massive. You you know I like a stat, so here we go. Thirty one and a half percent of white students leave with a first, and only fourteen and a half percent of black students leave with a first.
0: And it cannot be explained. So all the other factors have been have, have, have been you know um, isolated. You know, so we, we're talking about you know traveling. Do they have caring responsibilities? That you know all these other things that that. that People that don't agree with these stats will try and throw in, oh, it's because this, oh, it's because that. And uh, going back to what I said about that program I watched recently, uh, yesterday on the BBC, um, it's that thinking that black and brown people. That we, we are some we are somehow uh, uh, less intelligent. You know we're less able to achieve, uh, and that's the reason. It's something innate. It's genetics. It goes back to the, to the to, you know to the theories around um, um, genetics that we are, are genetically pre- predisposed to particular to issues, um, and also you know we're not able. You know we're, we're, we're physically not capable of achieve, of achieving mm. these good degrees.
2: And there's there's issues around when when black students aren't able to progress you have fewer black academics you have fewer black role models for black students to look up to i was reading a report in preparation that it was saying that was a big issue for black students because they're not seeing themselves in the you know the higher levels of the institutions they're studying in so -hmm. that can make that sort of um well, well that, that's having an impact on attainment. No,
0: definitely. Because if you, if you don't see something, how do you believe it? How yes, do you believe yes, it, it? something yes. is possible? Now, even for me, I think I'm fortunate in, in our department, um, in the social work department, I am one of four black academics out of about seven, which is what which you think. Wow, that's really good. That's just in our small department. My school, so the HSK, you know, it's 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 yeah, it's 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 yeah. We are a drop in the ocean across higher education spectrum. I think out of the whole, of, you know, in the whole of the UK, there's only two. I think it's something like zero point two percent of of black professors um, that are female it, 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 across the country. Um, I'm not sure how much, you know, how how many male, but zero point. that's not even one. You know, it's it's it's, um, and even the black students in, in in my course will look up and say you know ha- basically, how did you get here? What, what's your story? And I remember um, recently I did, because um, I, I, I've started what we call, a, we call it BSEG, the Black Student Empowerment Group. And that again was on, on, on the back of George Floyd. And that again was on the back of, you know, having a safe space to talk about these issues. Because as, as, as you mentioned, awarding gap and, you know, the experiences of, of black students is, is, is something we're talking about at the university and it's something we, we want to progress um, and, and try to, 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 to figure out. And that's, you know, that's another reason why I wanted to talk with Mitt as well today. To find out what we can learn from the U.S. and if there's any any tips we can pick up um, on what needs to happen, because as I said, the safe space is something that students are crying out for. So we did we, we created that um, for them to have that space, and and it has
2: really been received um, and warmly. What's the picture like in the states then, Metz? So so
1: very much very similar in our predominantly white serving institutions. You know, I I grew up uh, in predominantly white institutions from K to 12th grade, right? But I went to HBCUs, which are historically black colleges and universities. And I want to tell you, it's, it made all of the difference of who I am today. And in fact, I demanded, you know, when I got married, that all of our kids go to HBCUs. For the, for the simple reason, when you hit a college campus and you see people that look like you,
2: the Different empowerment experience. that it comes. It's mm-hmm. its
1: an experience. And I was like, oh, my God, there are black PhDs and there are black people that do this. And then also the theories and what you learn from those books are not just from those who wrote books who were from the dominant mm-hmm. race. They were from your Billingsley and your Glasgow. And you were beginning to understand, like, wow, this goes all the way back to the 1800s, you know, because a lot of these institutions began then. So uh, you know, I first went to Central State University, and, and I was you know, and, and I got a BSW, and it was just like, I mean, that time for me was what I call my Ungawa period. That's when I became very, very radical. Like, why why weren't we taught about this? You know, why didn't we know this? Why, why were we always taught that we needed this? I'm jealous. I, I'm jealous about yeah, some of that. And, <laughs> yeah, and then I went to Howard University, and, and I met my husband in undergrad at Central State University, and he went to law school at Howard, and I went to school of social work. Oh, wow. And that strengths perspective that you learn. It has carried me throughout life. You know, never make a mo- You know, we were taught, learn how to play chess. Never make a move unless you know your opponent's mm-hmm. move. You're going to be the only one in your agency. You're going to be the only one where you go to work because there's just not that many HBCUs. So how are you going to channel all of that and be true to yourself? And so, um, you know, I ended up at Westchester University and Westchester University is a white serving institution. But I was able to, as the chair To really illustrate that. I mean, the same question students would wonder, how did you get here? How did you get to become chair? I I held meetings when when, um, students were getting ready to be expelled from the program. And I noticed that there were a higher number of uh, students of color that were going through that process. I decided, you know what, I'm going to keep notes. I'm going to be the only one that has the power to do that. You know, I'm going to relieve everybody else from that. And so the chair will decide which students stay and which moves on. But it, 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 it was like, so we would have one where I'm dismissing this student and just missed too many classes. How many classes did they miss? Oh, they missed eight classes out of whatever. Okay. Then I would say, see a white student would come through and I would know that that student had missed class. Well, you know, it was because their mother was sick and they had really good reasons. So I let them make up that. Wait a minute. You were not saying that Say. <laughs> right, eight classes is eight classes mm-hmm. just because see African Americans are trained that this is my problem. I'm not necessarily going to go to you and tell you my problems, mm-hmm. right? You know, we're, we're training a whole lot yeah, of people. keep your business to yourself. You keep your business to yourself, whatever it is, you handle it and you deal mm-hmm. with it. Where white Americans are trained, oh my God, my mother is sick or my mother's mm-hmm. car broke. And you begin to identify with that. Mm-hmm. So I think that's some of the reasons why. Um, and then the other area is, you know, is the reality of the situation, right? So, you know, when, when we teach the community based, now I always say look up the term ivory tower. So ivory tower is a, is a place, an educational place where you go and you are creative and you are able to have free thought. Even though your institution may may actually reside in a community that needs assistance. So you don't go outside, right? You don't go outside and try to figure out what's going on in our communities. Whereas HBC philosophy is their community based institutions. Mm. If you know, Howard university is in the heart of Washington, DC. If you uplift Howard, you uplift that whole area, Mm -hmm. right? So you go do your internships there. You go work with the people there. What you find in white institutions is they will send people 25 miles and not put them in the community where they will be successful, right? Um, And they will put African-American students 25 miles away. Well, they cannot relate to the individual. Mm. So when it gets time for supervision, that student just told me you have white supervisors. So of course, more white students are gonna be successful, right? So we have to, again, and then we look at anti-racism as we're looking at all these institutions, is to begin to say, Is everything the same? Is there equity everywhere? Right. And where is that? Where is there no equity? We had a thing where social work students did not want to go into the communities to do home visits because it was unsafe. And my, I'm like, but you're a social worker. If you can't go in a community, Who's you go can't in be there? a social worker, right? <laughs> and everybody wanted to change. No, you know, parents were calling. And I mean, I, you know, my president of our institution called me on the mat. You can't do this is where social workers go. That's right. And I had to hold to that. Right. And, 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 you know, you know, I had to I know I took heat from a lot of different people. You know, faculty even took heat. So it's whoever controls that gate has mm. a lot of power. Right. And, and I think that we have to have more educators of color. Um, we we have to kind of understand and go out and do community assessments of what does the community need mm-hmm. and how does our program work within that community? If not, we are going to, uh, you know, even in student teaching. OK, teachers get jobs in inner city Philadelphia. But their goal is to work in Westchester, Pennsylvania. So we we don't make them learn how to work with you just go in, in Philadelphia and you survive, right? You, and then you come all the way back out and live in this community. I believe that teachers need to live around the community, mm. right? I, I believe that the teachers, you need to be able to see the teachers at the at store seller, and the market, market and yep. in your church, right? That is what uplifts your entire community. So yes, the the system, and I, and I talk of social work, and this is something that social work in the U.S. has to, it has to challenge itself right now as we're beginning to look at, you know, you have You have schools in New York who's begging the questions and their students are saying, but you don't teach about how to work and navigate the issues that come up in New York. Mm. And, And this is where our institution resides. And you still want to teach from... Theorists that we we can't even relate to. There's no integration of making sure that they're theorists of color. That that mm. you don't have that. You know, and I, I don't um, think kids
0: are taught to learn. They're not. They're not taught no. how to learn. So they, they no. say they're given they're it's given like subjects to to to. to they're to taught work. to serve a sentence. That's right, and you know. Yeah, you
1: know, and I, <laughs> you know, um, if you, it, you know, even when you when you go, you know, you know, that's the whole thing for the PhD. If you give them what they want, you just get your degree mm-hmm. and then you go out and do what you want. And really what they're saying is just give them what they want. Whoever's the chair of your 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 chair, if they say that that the earth is square, square. say the You're earth safe. is square, mm-hmm. get your degree and then prove that it's that is BS. Yeah right because it doesn't allow a person to think and challenge i mean that's the whole thing that we want social workers to challenge systems right we don't want them to just say well because Chantel said they're at the square the earth is square square. we don't want that we want that debate
0: and i think you mentioned that we want to have that conversation we want to have the arguments and that's where the activism comes in that's what you're supposed to do it should shock you it should you should be enough you should speak out you should have that debate i love a good debate people say i'm argumentative no i'm not it's debate It's, it's, it's it's healthy it's loud
2: what does, that, what does that activism look like at the front line, Chantel?
0: Yeah, so that's what it looks like. It, it means standing up. It means opening your mouth. It means it means standing in that gap, you know? Um, and I think Mick mentioned, you know, I hate the term people not having a voice. They Everybody has a voice, but some people's voices are heard more because of the position that they play or the position that they occupy, you know? Um, and I think... As a social worker, we, 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 you know, we sign up to the codes of ethics. It talks about social justice and empathy and, and, and human rights and, and, and everything else. Um, but what, what I find as well is, yes, we, we, we should be promoting that for our service users, but in the profession as a whole, you know, those rights are not adhered to. Those, those rights are not, you know, we don't get the same due care um, from our colleagues, from our senior managers um, 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 as, as, as professionals, um, as we as we are, as we expected to, to kind of deliver to our service users. And I think that that's a big issue with social work.
1: You know, we we coined this phrase called microaggression. Really, it's trauma in the workplace. I mean, let's let's call things really what it is. Why do we have to dress it up? And, oh, there's some microaggression. Micro makes it look small, doesn't it? Makes it look right, tiny, right. Yeah, it's irrelevant. Just micro, right.
2: Mm-hmm. The the terminology microaggressions is so unhelpful because it makes it sound really almost silly. Like people are just getting offended for reason. Yeah.
1: You know. So who's going to say, oh, well, you know, my boss has uh, you know, we've been doing these little microaggressions. Oh, <laughs> suck it up, right? But when you say it's creating trauma, I can't think, I can't work, I'm scared to come to work. I can't you know, I sleep, have same- I'm crying all right. the time, I'm exactly. eating,
0: you know.
2: Yes. Well, I was reading a list of what microaggressions would be, just, you know, so I was kind of on top of this. But, you know, you're really articulate. Chantelle. you're really articulate. Did you know that? Mm-hmm. You know, that being one saying to a black person, you're articulate, <laughs> as if that is a surprise. Thank you. you or you speak I mean? really good English. You yes, speak really yes, well. I was yes, really yes, born in England. What yes. you
0: this? How do you expect me to speak? Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, or where are you from? Where are you really, really, really from?
2: You yeah. know? But that, I mean, that thing of, you know, being, you know describing someone as articulate, that's not a micro thing. That's incredibly insulting. That's, you know, and. and but, but rude. To, but what I'm talking about, <laughs> what I'm talking about, the terminology to call yeah. it a microaggression, I think, has in many ways um, diminished people's understanding of how significant those things are.
0: I think that was the intention when Did when they came up that term.
1: Exactly, exactly, and and you know, you know, it's I, I said in uh, I was mm-hmm. in the school of business and public affairs, and all the chairs were men and white men, and then there was me, Mick. And I would, I would say something at a meeting and everybody say, mm-hmm. And then Andy would be like, you would say something and everybody would like, oh, Andy, yes. that's, that's a good idea, right? This is what this is what Chantel and I want. And yep. you know what I would say? I would like, excuse me, and everybody would look at me. Did I say that in Swahili? Did I say that in a different language? Because I thought I said, said the exactly same thing the as same. Andy. And all of a sudden, y'all are clapping, but what I said, it's mm-hmm. And people are like, don't get too sensitive. I'm like, I am sensitive. Sensitive, damn it right you oh, know?
2: yes yes don't 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 be the angry black woman yeah yeah, you know? yeah yeah. that's yeah. the thing
0: when you're articulate when yeah. you're vocal when you're animated which which i am and, and, and you know me it is mm-hmm. you know we are very animated right. that, that is construed and it, it's not even construed it's purposefully labeled as aggressive you know right. um, um, um um what's what's another word that that oh god what's the word bullying harassment right as well you know right. that's what colleagues said to me because i pulled him up on something this is in, mm-hmm. in, a, in another role you know i mentioned a, a pattern of behavior that wasn't mm-hmm. you know that that I, I could see that wasn't helpful I mentioned that she said she felt bullied and harassed and I was like right. for what you know oh, it's yeah. it, 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 just because I'm pointing out something that, that 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 I don't know if it's obvious to you but it's a pattern of behavior mm-hmm. um but yeah so that that wasn't a nice
1: experience you know so you, uh, it, well, it, I, Chantel we just are same same month same that same <laughs> thing happened to me like you know I, I had hired my entire faculty right and then one time uh they did something that was against affirmative action mm. and i called them on it you know and all of a sudden you would have thought that i was someone from outer space yeah. so much so that my my dean said you know what we're going to have, in order for you to come back, and you know they, they didn't want to do this. They were saying, "Oh, uh, I don't know if she should chair anymore because we we've lost face." And I wasn't giving it up because see, that's when I stick in. Yeah. That's my HBC. <laughs> that's like, okay, I'm going to play this like I'm going to play this yeah. like chess. You may me. have me in mm-hmm. check, but you're not going to put me in mm-hmm. checkmate. And so I, I said, "Nope, not going to give it up." And we went through. I had you know we did our thing, and so finally we were coming back, and they said we need to have a moderator come back. Right, so we got into moderation, the moderator, and I was talking. And see, people were saying, You know, she's a bully, and she's, and I'm like, Look, I can yell and scream in this room and go out and have a hot dog with you. Okay. Me. You know me, you know that I'm not changing who I'm I cannot say. Hello, Falcony, how are you doing? today? That's the thing. do you know, yeah. yeah, you know, you just you just I've got to appease you. Come to your Well years f- later I saw the moderator. She came and she said, You know what? I, remember. I enjoyed <laughs> you because you were not giving in. Yeah. You were not you were telling the people this is who I am. I was with you for 24 years mm-hmm. and you knew who I was, mm-hmm. right? And this because you did something which was legally wrong. And I
0: pulled you up you, on it. And now I it's called a problem. you
1: up on it. Now it's a problem, mm-hmm. right? And so you have to have that strength to be able, and, and there's not too many people who will say you know i, I might lose my job for yeah. it but i was taught at howard again to know that you may lose your job for it mm. right you may lose your job for speaking up but that's the role that you will have you'll get another job yeah. Yeah. but you've got to be true to you
2: met thanks so much for your contribution i've got one last question and it follows directly on from what we've just been speaking about the issue around um, barriers that uh, stop black and ethnic minority uh, social workers from progressing in their organisations. What, what needs to change at institutional level that allows staff to progress, that supports staff to progress, that does away with the barriers that they face? Ooh, oh,
0: my goodness. It, it starts from the top. It, it has to start from the top and we need to have, you know, 100 percent buy in from those who, who, who have the power. Um, I think we've touched on, you know, having that equity in terms of people from different backgrounds, you know, and not just people that that, that are black and brown, but you know, they're, they're thinking their ideology, who are in those decision-making roles, those roles that are, will affect, you know, the, the the social worker, the student, you know, the the, the people that, that you know that are doing um, 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 doing the work. The system, as we see it, the system is institutionally racist, you know. Um, So it's not about revamping the situation. It has to be dismantled and it has to be kind of rebuilt. Um, We've touched as well about, you know, materials and resources that, are from a, a, a you know, particular demographic, usually, you know, old white men, you know, we're reporting on, you know, buildings and statues and what have you. And that is the ideology that feeds into HE, feeds into education kind of as a whole, really. But I'm going to, uh, you know, obviously this, this specify around, um, around higher education. But yeah, so it, it, it's about um, looking at the space, understanding, you know, uh, uh, what, what, what's missing in that space and trying to fill that gap um it's 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 a mindset shift it's a, it's it's yeah it's not there's not just one thing um um that needs to happen and i think that's that's you know i, I, I I'm interested to hear what you know, what what, what you know, what the US um, would do because I I still think there's there's tips that I need to learn, you know, in in regards to what what we can do going forward. As I said, I do know about safe spaces and having you know people having that space to to be able to talk about their feelings, but then how do we then you know push our agenda up? How do we then you know ensure that you know? everyone's curriculum has, has you know, has, has a variety on there. You know, we're all able to learn about where we've come from, what, you know, the, the history, not just, not, actually not just, just black people, but even white people to understand history. It's not just black history, it's everybody's history. And I think until we understand that and we can understand, you know, the, the issues um, that white people played in relation to colonialism and everything else, move away from the guilt you know at the end of the day it is what it is you know it, you know but be be willing to 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 have those conversations listen move on you know and learn education is key And uh, when i say education is key it's for those that need that education um to understand
1: how 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 we can then uh, uh move forward
0: um so yeah
1: so, so here in the United States, Chantelle, I'm not going to give you anything that you don't already know. I mean, we're all in this same boat. You know, it, it is not something that, you know, let's say we've been struggling with this since 1619 in the United States. But, but just, you know, the other day someone called and, you know, they were saying NASW, it, you know, we're, we're going to be we published. We're an anti-racist organization. And my question as the president, exactly what does that mean, Mm. okay? And how do you carry that out, right? So when we hire people, how do we get them to address and document what they have done Right. To show that they can work in an anti-racist situation. When we hire the CEO, what has that person done? When we have people who run for office like I did run for president, I think it's a question that we have to always ask. What have you done sh- to show me? Um, because we just can't say we're an anti-racist organization and not put anything in about what do we mean by that. Because everybody right now, I mean, that that's the new word that everybody's saying. Oh, you know, I'm an ally. I'm this. Well, what does how? that mean? Yeah. Well, who, who anointed you an ally? Mm-hmm. Right. And, and, and tell me what you mean by that. So I think that that's where we are right now. Um, you know, how do we carry it out in who we hire? How do we how do we carry it out in who we elect? And then who are the people that are missing at the table, right? And how do we carry that out about our language, about our dress, about the food that we serve, about the pictures that we put up in our office? If we don't begin to think about it like that, we're just going to have a word that 10 years from now, somebody's going to come up with another word, right? Because we we're, we're, we're constantly change words. Right. You know, at first it was equality, freedom and not equity and mm-hmm. now anti-racist. We, but we don't ever figure out, you know, well, how did we get the most racist person ahead of our organization? And not that it is as far as NASW, I don't mean, but but that's what happens. How do you get a president of a college or the chair of a department or the dean of a school who just doesn't want to look at it? Right. Who doesn't want to create this dialogue, who doesn't want to work in the community? who on Saturday and Sunday, probably never ever, ever deal with people of color who travel mm-hmm. to the same countries that they're from, right? So if you don't, if you can't practice that, and I like to say to people, wherever you travel, mm-hmm. and when you start telling me, Andy, that I've only been over in the UK, I'll be like, okay, well, where else where have else? you been see right, I, other I, I like
0: talk- people you know what 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 are your friends on a saturday and sunday what kind of people are you around yeah, right, that's what i right, want
1: to know yeah <laughs> you know and i and i still say and my daughters say you know when 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 i go to a party in my neighborhood and i say to my neighbors why am i the only african american you know mm. You know, you, you have to begin to start seeing that that's what perpetuates our everyday life that we live mm-hmm. is what perpetuates racism. And Saturday and Sunday, I mean, I even say to the churches. Why do we have black Catholic churches and white? That's right. Why is it that we have that? Mm-hmm. How do we get those two churches together, white Baptists and black? Baptist? How does a person who believes, I mean, we, we, we see this happening now with, uh, you know, transgendered people. You know, how do you have these ministers saying these are awful people? How are they ministers, mm-hmm. right? You know, we, we've got to question all of these things. Uh, it, it's, you know, I believe that we can. You know, I mean, I I believe. You know, I I travel to countries that's. You know, I I laugh because every time I go home to the motherland to Africa, everybody everybody texts me, "Be careful," you know, make sure we're okay. If I travel to Europe, nobody saying the other. nobody says anything, right? (laughs) And I'm and I even say to my friends, "Why do I have to be careful in Kenya, but I can go to Paris?" And, and, and have it's a great okay. trip. Yeah, right, and exactly. have a great time. Mm. Heck, you know, so, so we, we this is a world problem. Mm-hmm. This is a global problem. And, th- you know, there are more people of color that live upon our earth than there are. Those that are white, I mean to me, what is even white yeah. right you know what what is white because everybody do everybody 's history, everybody came from the motherland, you know we, we, we know that, so you know how do we celebrate that? you know how do we celebrate our differences um, and, and 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 really hold social work right now? Chantel and I have to hold social work true to its values that's right. and and not everybody that's in social work can be in social mm-hmm.
0: work shouldn't be
1: we have to start being a great gatekeeper you know to be able to say because the, the trauma that you can impose if, if I come to you if I come to a racist therapist the trauma you can impose for mm-hmm. me is going to last mm-hmm. forever right um, so it is important that those in education Realize that these are people's lives we're messing Mm -hmm. with. You know, these are decisions when I was in child welfare when when somebody was trying to decide we're going to remove their kids to be able to say, no, they got a grandmother around the corner. Let the grandmother take care of the child. Don't Mm -hmm. bring the child into care. That's going to be traumatizing. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, they don't have a separate bedroom for every kid. Who needs a separate bedroom?
0: Right, but I don't, it, I don't know if it's the same for you, Mick. Sorry, but in the UK, we have to fight harder to keep black children with their with their birth families. Yeah, And they would rather the remove here. them and bring them in into the local right, authority, you know, local to authority yeah. care. Which again, you know, is is why would you and, and the money it costs and everything else. But yeah, sorry, just kind of.
1: I mean, well, I worked at a food bank on the board of a food bank, and we were giving backpacks to people who were hungry. And one of the persons said, "We're not going to give beans anymore." You know, and, and these were just like a, a pound of navy beans. Mm. And, and, you know, who knows? I'm like, beans can feed a family for a month. <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, why are you taking out the things that people that want? Are why are you going, yeah. well, because we firmly believe that the health of people and they should have squash. Everybody's done eat yeah. squash, right? You know, who decides what goes in my mouth? Mm-hmm. And so this is, this, is the, this is where we are, Andy. We, we are built on a hierarchy. Right. And that hierarchy at the top dictates what happens. It is our job to dismantle all of that. That's right. And 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 to to make sure that we we come where people are. We will, you know, and then the one thing that I want people I want to say, don't be afraid of it. Mm. The beautiful part is to be able to read a story of someone that I still read a story that someone was born without a whole lot of resources or Amanda Gorman, who spoke at the president's oh, amazing. Uh, inauguration, the inauguration, right? inauguration yeah. single mom, yeah. born in LA, never, ever thought she's a Harvard grad, okay. right? She, her poetry really, my God, we should celebrate. There's more hidden figures than we know in our mm-hmm. world. And if we just work to uplift them all, I don't care what color they are. I don't care what economic group mm-hmm. they are. I don't care. They're There's human. Sexual identification. They're human. That's, that's They're it. human. Right. And if we could lift that up, mm-hmm. our world would be awesome. Amazing. You know? yeah. It would go back to the Native American and the indigenous philosophy that every culture was placed here mm-hmm. to become a human wheel. And if we all took our proper spoke, we could keep on rolling and rolling. And Excellent. It's when we remove that,
0: and I think that's the ideology I want to keep in mind. You know, mm-hmm. to, to, to press on. Um, I like that utopia. Thanks, Andy. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a that's
2: a that's a beautiful illustration to wrap up on. Thank you so much, Mitt. Thank you, Chantel. Uh,
0: thank you. Thank you very much, Andy. Thank you.